Welcome to Blink of an Eye, life stories of trauma, loss, awakenings, and epiphanies, beginning with one mom's journal entries recorded in real time of a catastrophic diving accident, rendering her teenage son paralyzed from the neck down and the courageous fight to save his life. Told through unedited text and journal entries and inspiring guest interviews, Blink of an Eye will take you on a powerful journey of advocacy and hope and an unvarnished look at the true nature of our relationships and interconnectedness in the face of an event that changes everything. Hello, friends. This is our second bonus episode, and this time we're doing something a little different. Instead of one person, you'll be hearing from three. Mikey Detterman, Robbie Black, and Bobby Austin. What these boys have in common is that they're all friends of Archer. Archer played lacrosse with Robbie and Bobby in high school, and he's known Mike since grade school. All three young men are now in their early 20s. But like Archer, they were teenagers at the time of the accident. In my conversations with them, we talked about their friendship with Archer and what it was like, all of them athletes, 17, 18 years old, to visit him in the hospital, paralyzed. Those conversations initially took place separately. But here, we're combining compelling moments from each interview into a montage of sorts to help you better understand what was going on in August of 2015 from their point of view. Mike Detterman, known to me as Mikey, um, is one of Archer's oldest friends they went to grade school together, the Cathedral of Mary, our Queen. And today, uh, Mike is a rising senior at the University of Georgia, studying risk management and insurance. I want to thank you for being Archer's friend throughout all these years, even through the rough and tumble. Absolutely. Archer and I definitely understand each other because we've been friends since day one. I mean, we, we go back a long time. And although we may not communicate as much, I think it's still the same every time we see each other, which goes to show a lot for just how long we've known each other. We lived on our bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and when I started working at the Royal Park Pool, that was when we would hang out every day. <laughs> We're going to Eddie's on my tab. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd get my bill and be like, what is this? And only come to, Learned that, you know, Archer had taken his five best buddies for lunch every day for about two weeks. <laughs> he treated us to some lunches. <laughs> oh, he did. He did. <laughs> Lot, lots of memories. Plus, you guys also had lots of sports memories. The lacrosse with uh, Corey Sire and then Billy Semft. There had been that a situation that I had really busted you guys on. I remember that had only preceded Archer's accident day by months. 
guess it was a falling out, but not as much as because I have known Archer for a long time. I've known you for a long time. I mean, it's not like, I think we had the chance to make up and I look back at my messages trying to piece this together recently when you reached out to me for this. And I think we did reconcile. I was really moved, Mike, by a text. I don't know if you will remember it, but it was on the day that I had gotten a call, you know, that it happened. And then we were at Atlantic Air in Atlantic City waiting for surgery. And I had sent out a text to pray. Archer was in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And you texted me. And I have kept that because I was just so struck. It was very late at night. And I don't know if you remember this. It was near midnight. And you were, you were the only of Archer's friends to text me that night. I was getting all kinds of texts from family and lots of my adult friends. Mm -hmm. But you were, you were the only one of his peers. And you said keeping Archer and your whole family in my prayers. Thank you. Meant the world to me. I was at the beach in Bethany. Like my family goes every year. And um, I just remember hearing from my brother that Archer was in an accident. And I was kind of just in a little bit of disbelief because I had no idea what was going on. That it was obviously hard to get information on what had happened. And I think it was later at night that I realized, began to realize how serious this could be. And I wanted to reach out to you because I think you and I have always been able to communicate and especially over text throughout all my friendships with Archer. And, I'm trying to think about when I texted you and I think I just wanted to tell you that I was thinking about you and because I knew how uncertain you would be if I was that uncertain. Bobby Austin is a dear friend of our son, Dewey, and he played lacrosse at McDonough High School with Dewey and also with Archer. Welcome, 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 Bobby. Thank you. So I was in Ocean City, New Jersey, when Archer was hurt with Jordy Lardo. He was staying with my family just for the week. And Robbie Black was in Avalon with his family. And I think one of us had just heard through the grapevine. Archer had been seriously hurt. And I think I reached out to Dewey and asked if it was all right, if we would just swing by, you know? I mean, we were so close and... I would think, you know, being a family member or if you were hurt, the first thing you'd want to see is your friends or people you're familiar with. Yeah. And so, you know, I just figured it worth asking and see if we could help at all. And even if it was just showing up, you know, like we did for 30 minutes or an hour, just trying to maybe have familiar faces around in a time that was obviously scary and really uncertain and emotional and trying. Our family friend, Arabi, is now in investment banking at KBW Bank. 
in New York City and is a dear friend of our son Dewey's. And he played lacrosse at McDonough High School with Dewey and with Archer. And I think you guys won, I mean, I know, not I think, he won the championship game. I mean, we, there were some very wonderful years of lacrosse uh, at McDonough. And I just, it's wonderful to see you. Welcome, Robbie. Yeah, thank you. I remember my uncle telling me kind of before we came, he was like, you know, and my parents really were like, you know, just a heads up, this is gonna be really tough. And um, I drove with my brother, who was in Archer's class in McDonough. Um, yeah, Patrick. Yeah, and I remember, um, I mean, we were meeting Bobby Austin and Jordy Gallardo um, at the hospital. And I remember the car, I just think, really, was really quiet. I mean, usually, my, you know, me and my brother, you know, talk a lot in the car or whatever, but it was really quiet because I think we were, you know, just both really, you know, not really knowing what to expect. And obviously, you know, just kind of nervous to see kind of Archer in, in the state he was in then. And uh, I just remember being really nervous. Um, you know, I, I just kind of, I'd never been, obviously no one had been in a situation like this before. And I remember just being really nervous and kind of scared to see, you know, obviously him, you know, the way he was, but also, you know, just kind of being around the family because you guys were obviously going through so much then. I think a lot of it was kind of the fear of the unknown and not knowing what kind of state Archer was in at the time you know, knowing he was going to be, you know, most likely in a lot of pain when we saw him and you know, not really able to speak. It was August 7th when you came to the hospital. So for us, it was, you know, what I call day three. It was the first day Archie was really alert. I remember meeting him kind of in the parking garage of the, of the hospital. and Yeah, that crazy parking garage. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, I remember kind of walking to the hospital and, I'll never forget the room we were at. I think on the corner next to Archer's room, or I don't know if it was adjacent, but it was on the same floor, obviously. And that was kind of like our home base. I I remember you guys. Um, one of the nurses came to tell me that there were, um, you know, four young men in the outside waiting room. Just to hear that there were young men, I, I can't tell you how warm my heart was because I'm like, they've, oh my gosh, they've come, you know, Archer's friends, they're coming. And you were the first. My recollection is that I wanted you to know that, you know, you know please, you know, you can touch Archer, you can talk with Archer. It'll, you know, it might, it'll be, a, it'll be kind of scary, but, but you don't need to be afraid. I think that was definitely comforting going into it. You arrived the day that they had put the chest tubes in. Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember then saying, who wants to go first? Because it was only two at a time. And then telling you about the family waiting room. When I saw him for the first time with Jordy, you know, obviously it was hard and, uh, you know, had to kind of prepare yourself, especially, you know, being nice to you and stuff like that. I remember Robbie, Jordy, Patrick, and I just rotated visiting Archer. I think it was Jordy and I visited him, and then obviously Robbie and Pat with you and Mr. Semp. So it was definitely um, a little you know, nerve wracking seeing someone that you knew, that you grew up with, kind of with you know, tubes in him and, and all that sort of stuff. I think it was definitely scary. And I just, I remember thinking, just not even 
being able to imagine what he was going through and, and what you guys were going through um, is, is something that I, I remember pretty vividly. Just, I just, I really, I remember so distinctly seeing how his eyes lit up when he saw you all. Just, I remember when Jordy and I walked in um, and he couldn't, he couldn't speak. Obviously knew he was alert and there mentally. Um, just his facial expression, I thought. That was one thing I'll never forget. So yeah, I mean, I, that was my first reaction when Jordy and I walked into that room and kind of hung out to the right of his bed. And I think we just talked about random stuff for five minutes. Um, but, you know, same old Archer, I remember. <laughs> I was trying to provide some comfort and anything we could really say to make it somewhat, you know, maybe more relaxed and help him out, at, you know, any way we could. We tried just to be uh, not, I don't know if normal is the right word, but just have a normal, you know, lighthearted conversation. I Hopefully that would have been better than being stiff or, you know, not being ourselves. Not to sound cliche, like cliche or anything, but just trying to keep, I keep saying it's some sense of normalcy in a time where I think that probably seemed impossible um, for you guys. And that's where we maybe tried to help a little bit. I don't really remember um, being in there for too long, um, but and I remember, you know, being in the waiting room with, with the whole family and everything. reflecting back and going to Atlantic Air and seeing him there, I think I felt when I was trying to hold myself together, seeing him, I felt selfish in that I was not, not able to hold myself together when he was the one in the accident. Mm, Does that make makes sense? I think uncertainty was definitely part of when I first found out when I first had heard that he was in an accident, that I was obviously uncertain what was happening or anything. And uh, I just remember trying to... Hold it together. Right. And, and not being able to. Right. And you went in and you had to come right back out. Right. My mom was there. So yes. that, was, that was comforting. <laughs> yeah. And then finally being able to be with Jennings and Basil, and we were a lot more comfortable with it and able to share some laughs. And I think at that point, we were more concerned with comforting Archer because certainly me breaking into tears is not going to comfort him, yeah. is what I was feeling. There was so much uncertainty then. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah. As much uncertainty as there was, it went by fast. I mean, it's crazy that it was five years ago. I'm looking back and I'm so happy that we we went and decided to go. Um, I am too. I remember thinking, you know, how like, something like this could happen to someone like Archer and, and a family like you guys. I don't know. I just, it, none of it like made sense really, you know. But and just kind of thinking like why and how this, how something, you know, like this could happen to such a, a great person is something I remember just kind of thinking about and. Um, and just seeing, you know, just seeing him laying there was, was really, uh, was really scary and, and not knowing kind of, because at that point, I mean, he still had a long, a long
long way to go in terms of his recovery. And I just remember how closely you guys kind of stuck together through all that. Like I, I just felt like when I showed up or when we showed up and I saw you guys and just like the connection that you all had and how much like belief and like hope there was, um, that was something that really, uh, really resonated with me. And, you know, and I remember too, not to change pace, but I visited and I may have my times messed up when Archer was in Maryland. I think it was later that fall, maybe because I visited him at the Hopkins hospital as well. I just remember. Yeah. That, that, that would have been like uh, probably around December. Obviously my teammates and the guys in my grade were aware of just the story because it was so fresh, obviously that fall. And then, you know, I saw, or I started thinking more ways, you know, to help or do something. And then obviously Archer was in Baltimore, like literally down the street. So I just talked to my coach, um, and at that point, I think my entire team was aware. Um, and he said, hey, do you mind, you know, writing a little letter and signing a helmet? That's like the least we could do. So that's kind of how that came to fruition. And there obviously, um, you know, word travels fast. And I think I had heard um, of Archer's accent as well, just within the lacrosse circles, you know, being in Maryland. So Baltimore small town anyway, um, or small town feel and a lacrosse, the lacrosse circles is inc incredibly tight. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I think the combination of those two things and people want to help. I'm sure it was eye opening just to see support kind of pop up, um, around different college teams. Um, I know Penn state was involved. I'm sure Hopkins, you know, tons of schools. And obviously, I obviously was there from the beginning, um, at McDonough. So, So it was the two of you who flew down to Atlanta. And that was the first time that I'd been there and going to school was the second. <laughs> it was a little more cheerful than it was in, in uh, Atlantic City. And Granger and I were able to just kind of spend time with Archer and you weren't there and Dutch was there. I think we felt some elements of healing just that maybe a little more of, obviously there was tons of uncertainty, but being able to continue, I mean, he had, he made it out of Atlantic City. And, yeah, yeah, we were sort of out of the life or death at right. that point. And then we were able to spend time with Dr. and kind of look at all the mail and everything that was being sent to him and uh, so many letters that we would open for him. And then we were able to kind of just chill. And I think we <laughs> we watched The Big Lebowski. And uh, <laughs> it was just me, Archer, and, and Granger. Yeah. And uh, I think it was helpful to talk about some of the memories that we had and even just share pictures and just try to comfort each other. <laughs> yeah, Archer wasn't talking then, right? No. No. We could use the message board and um, there were some expressions that we could recognize and certainly when Luke and I would laugh, we could, <laughs> Archer was laughing. Yeah. Which yeah. was great to see. There is wholeness because we were at the point where we weren't sure if he was going to be alive. Playing lacrosse in college is um, something I would think about when I was going through a tough, a tough workout or maybe met like a 
a tough opponent or even anything like that. Um, you just think about how there's so many people out there that like Archer that are, there's always someone out there that's been through a tougher experience and just using kind of Archer and your family as an example is just, is just so, so powerful to me. It was a real life example of a close friend and family that went through something really challenging, obviously, that changed the path of his life. That's what I took from it. And I think what at least, you know, Robbie and Jordy and Patrick, who obviously we were all together on that day that we visited, kind of took to heart and hopefully if, you know, appreciate everything a little more. Um, after seeing something like that to someone so close and it's, it's just more personal, you know, rather than just reading about it or reading about something else that's happened, that's kind of where my head was at. I learned a ton, obviously, about what it means to be a friend and helping out in a really tough situation. But I'd say, you know, Archer was a real-life powerful example of the strength of human spirit and resilience, I'd say, are the two we were there so early just by chance, um, you know, and maybe that rang home even truer since we saw the progression from, you know, we're very early on until now. I think it's one of those things you just have to, you know, take everything day by day and know that you can't really take anything in life for granted because, you know, with what happened to Archer, it's can, everything can change so quickly. So I think just, you know, kind of learning that, you know, that lesson of nothing can be taken for granted and um, how from such a, a dark experience, like how much good came out of what happened to Archer, um, I think is, is definitely something that's, you know, I learned that like, you know, when, when one door closes, it's, it's almost like 20 open for him, you know, something so traumatic that happened to him and your family it, it almost seemed like I just think about how much good came out of it and it seems like forever ago but really wasn't that long I spoke with Luke Granger earlier and we talked about how him and I barely see each other anymore and um, so I think we definitely need to bring the gang back <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this special episode. We'll have another bonus interview coming out in two weeks. But in the meantime, mark your calendars. Season two of Blink of an Eye will be launching on Wednesday, June 23rd. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>